Morning, team. Nice to be company. Welcome along. It's Thursday morning. Yeah. Love Thursday. Got to take the car in today. Yeah. Expense. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Not. End of the month. VAT. Drive me mad. Anyway, it is nice to have your company. Bill will be back with you tomorrow morning. Same time, same place. It'll be fabulous. And uh, between now and uh, Shevin, shaken, not stirred, uh, we got the papers to look through. That was not bad. You know, for this time of the morning, you're not paying for this. If you were paying for it, you'd expect better. But to be honest with you, you're not paying for it. So uh, take what you're given. Uh, we will look through the papers. I know that it, well, I was, yes, so I was sitting there and I was deciding. <laughs> Always wanted to do an impression of Ronnie Corbett. Always fancied doing an impression of Ronnie Corbett. Because he used to sit in the chair, that big chair at the end, and say, well... <laughs> he used to do the same gags all the time. He said it was dreadful. He said, I, I, I played uh, 18 holes of golf yesterday, fell in four, you know, and things like that. <laughs> Just every, everything to do was being tiny, because when you see him, he's tiny. It's got nothing to do with the programme this morning. We've got nothing against tiny people at all, I think. Some of them are very funny. Some of them aren't very funny. And uh, an OK magazine is particularly funny. And I had to buy it, because I haven't bought it for weeks and weeks, because, to be honest with you, I'd given up because of all the naff people in it, and I suddenly realised, opening it up, what a dreary, dreary magazine it's become. It used to be really good, and, and then it, it's, it kind of lost its way, and I think a lot of major celebrities didn't bother with it anymore, so they started making up their own. So they put people like that convicted thug Jack Tweed in there, and, and people then get, oh, he must be a celebrity. And unfortunately, because of the nature of the country and the nature of people, you know, they queue up to see that old bag Jordan and a book that somebody else has written. If this other stupid, that's all I can say. But anyway, and, I, and I've suddenly realised that, um, that the whole Richard Desmond organisation are quite clearly trying to push her over the edge. The other day they had stories on the front of the Daily Star about Jordan and Peter Andre, and they were saying things. Then Peter yesterday said, well, none of that was true at all. And then today... They've got uh, Jordan Bombshell. Peter's just like a wife beater. Now, of course, you'll probably find out that's not true either, but what they're doing is they're gradually beating her down, hoping that she'll fall off the edge of a cliff. Because I can't think of any other reason. So anyway, going back to OK Magazine. I had to buy it for the simple reason that uh, I was intrigued to discover uh, Rachel Stevens' Celebrity Friends. Because that's how you make your money in OK Magazine. In case you don't know what the deal is. The deal is they do your wedding... And they, they do it all, and they do the flowers, and they do everything, and they set the guest list. Unfortunately, poor old Rachel Stevens knows nobody. There's no celebrities at all in this shoot here. Uh, absolutely nothing. I mean, I, I went through it, because I got, I got a bit worried, thinking, you know, the, the family looked quite nice, uh, and everybody dressed up, so where are the celebs? And the answer is, she hasn't got any. She's got no celebrity friends whatsoever. It's a very pretty dress. They did it in Claridge's. And um, the boyfriend or the husband looks like he needs a bit of a shave. Nothing worse than people who end up looking a bit, you know, as though they couldn't really be bothered. So he looks like he needs a shave. The rest of the family are very attractive. Got some very, very attractive family members. But there's not a celebrity in sight. And I went through it and they've got a picture of her, you know, with her unshaven husband. And then her with flowers, with candles. Her with... I don't know, some very attractive members of the family, but uh, but no celebrities. It's all a bit dreary, actually. Oh, there is somebody, Rachel and her Strictly Come Dancing partner, Vincent Simone. Uh, he wanted to perform at the wedding, but her dress was too big. So that was kind of a waste of space as well. So I'll go through there. Cake looks lovely. No celebrities. No celebrities. Here's Rachel Stevens. No celebrities. And then they, they get to ask the question, will any of your S-Club bandmates be there? And this is Rachel Stevens' answer. No. We haven't seen each other 
for years. If I bumped into them, it would be genuinely nice. But some of us were closer than others, and we've all gone our separate ways. She makes it sound like a classroom. There was only bloody five of them, for Christ's sake. Five people, and if she bumps it, some were closer than others. There's only five of you. What a shallow person she must be. I got quite worried, actually. I was sort of... I quite liked her up until that moment. Her father wasn't there, of course, the well-known pornographer, because he drives these um, porno limos. Have you ever heard of this before? No, I thought not. <laughs> but he does. You got quite worried then, didn't you? No, he does. He's, and that's why he wasn't there. She didn't want him there. And so he didn't feature. So... Oh, yeah, that's all. That's well, well documented. Oh, God, yes. Oh, yeah, he's, he's well known for doing these. He sort of runs um, a fleet of these cars that have porn in them. I don't know how it works. Amanda couldn't get to grips with it either. We, uh, yeah, I mean, if you like that kind of thing, I suppose it's OK. But I mean, better. To, I remember pulling up alongside a limousine as I was going through Richmond one day. And, you know, you look sideways, you think, oh, I'm naff. You know, you generally, well, I generally do, because they're sort of, it's generally full of sort of leery screaming girls from Essex or something, wearing pink tutus and sort of tiaras, in which case you think, surely nobody in their right sense of mind is actually going to think that this car belongs to you. A little bit difficult, di- different when you're doing it with Tom Hanks and Big, that's OK, because in America they look a little bit better, because they're grey. Over here we've got the cheap, revolting ones that look white, or failing that even worse, and you've really got to plumb the depth to go for the Hummer. Have you seen the stretch Hummer? Whoa! Talk about NAFO. God, in heaven. I'd rather somebody went out and rented a Bentley or a Rolls with a driver for the night. Looks far classier. Unfortunately, these... these anyway, as I'm looking sideways at the stretch limo, and it's, they've all got the black windows, thank God, so you can't see the NAFOs inside it, I can see quite clearly they're watching hardcore pornography. And I was sort of... I was strangely transfixed by it. I was thinking, I'm sitting at traffic, and what on earth are they watching in there? And I could see exactly what they were watching. Anyway, going back to uh, to OK magazine, and it's it's really dreary. It's really dreary because they've got Samia Smith, the Corrie actress and her hubby, excited about the fact that uh, she's pregnant. This apparently warrants a story in OK magazine now, and you get a bit bored with it. And then they've got their extravagant weddings. Wayne and Colleen, which frankly was naffness beyond all belief. Cost a small fortune. Well, it cost a fortune to pay them because they'll only they'll only do anything if you're going to pay them the money. Actually, I was thinking the other day, I was looking at, at Alex Curran, thinking, you know, if you got off your ass and got out there and did some charity work, people might like you a bit better. Do something constructive with your time. As opposed to you and Colleen, all you do is go out shopping. And it's a bit naff, I'm afraid, you know. What are you going to be, 90, pushing your trolley around? So they've got uh, Colleen and, uh, and Shrek's wedding. And so that was very nice indeed. So they're out there. They had pizza for breakfast. Real, real naff. Uh, also, they had Katie and Peter's wedding. Does make you laugh, doesn't it? He sweated throughout it. Not at all surprised. And, uh, and she just looked like an overstuffed pumpkin, I'm afraid. With a, with a naff selection of guests, I'm afraid. Really, really tacky and cheap and horrible. Tom and Katie. This is uh, Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes. Uh, that was OK. Matt and Kevin. They've split up. Mel and Stephen. This is Mel somebody. Uh, Eva and Tony. Eva Longoria. And then Salma and Francois. I think this must be Salma Hayek. And also Elizabeth Taylor and Larry Fortensky. And they split up. Everybody split up, actually, in here. It's so funny. Uh, but the best thing in here, we are so liberated now, ladies and gentlemen, that featured in OK Magazine this week is well-known lesbian and her butch partner, Samantha Fox. At one time, the, uh, the doyen of the pin-ups... And the one who, hmm, come on, boys, and all this kind of thing, whereas really it was, come on, girls. And so she marries her manager. Well, they're going to get married in Thailand. So they've done this this information piece here, telling you about what they're going to do, who's going to be invited, 
At the moment, it seems like Roland Rat. That's what they, they quite like the idea of Roland Rat and uh, and a few other people. The celebrity friends could be Lemmy from Motorhead and Liz Mitchell from Boney M. So it's it's but well, at least Samantha's happy. Years of sheer and utter misery, of course, I should imagine. And uh, now here she is with uh, with Myra, and they look quite happy together. So that's good. So they've sort of done it. It's quite funny, actually, for all those boys who use Samantha Fox as a pin-up. Now, I suppose, there's even more reason to do it. Strangely enough, though, when you ask straight men about fantasies and they go, oh, yes, two women kind of thing, and then you look at Samantha Fox, then you look at her partner, you're never going to be fantasising over this, I have to tell you. It's just not one of those... It's not, you know, it's not like the pretend things that you get in some of the uh, the top-shelf magazines. Uh, also, oh, dear, I tell you, I thought she was boring first time round. She's a bit old to be doing photo shoots now. And uh, this is uh, Cherie Murphy, actress. When was the last time you acted, Cherie? I can't remember, actually, dear. It must be years ago on her love for Liverpool and feeling sorry for Colleen. I feel a bit sorry for the dreary people who have to feature in OK magazine. In the party section, it's hilarious. The party selection is fat because you go to the back of the magazine, best place for it, and what they do is they go round to some of the all-star parties in town and they show you some of the dreary naffos who turn up to them. For example, there's uh, the one here. This is the, uh, the red carpet uh, premiere for The Ugly Truth. And they've got, surprisingly, Bianca Gascoigne, who turned up. Bianca Gascoigne, who's famous for... Well, what are you famous for, Bianca? Being a drunk, I suppose, dear. And also wearing string for hair. I mean, I don't know where you got this from, love, but I go back, fat face, and get it changed as quick as possible. Uh, also, a few other... Nicky Graham. It was that desperate we got to Nicky Graham's level. Nicky Graham turned up. Oh, crikey. You've scraped the old barrel on that one. However, not half as bad as some bloke uh, opening a hairdressing salon, and the best he could get was some third-rate girl band who'll turn up to everything at the moment. Ashley Horgan Wallace. <laughs> Christ. Uh, also, Giles Vickers-Jones, who is turning up to the opening of a fridge at the moment. It's getting a bit desperate, Giles. Your career's going nowhere. The dreadful Hannah Sandling and Connie Huck. I mean, that was a bit naff, wasn't it? But strangely enough, this little girl band, who I won't even credit with a name because they're so naff, turned up to two other parties in the same week, obviously desperate to get themselves out there. The trouble is, girls, no talent. No talent at all. And we'll tell you why a little bit later on. Plus, they've got other people who turned up to the Tony and Guy Charitable Foundation for the Variety Club, so that was good. However, the worst one was the midsummer party at a, a London club called Movida. You wait till you hear the line-up of star-studded people they've got on this one. First of all... They've got uh, Bianca Gascoigne again. Still wearing that string for hair, though, Bianca, so very funny there. Uh, Jonathan Lippman, no idea. Somebody, I mean, a lot of bleach blonde naffos. I mean, oh, Michelle Heaton turned up. Oh, there you go, Michelle. Envelope again. She's a huge star, isn't she? Huge star, Michelle Heaton. And this girl band again. And then, strange enough, gay boy Phil Turner, who, of course, is uh, married to Jordan's makeup artist. I mean, I know, seriously, many of you think she just puts down all this makeup on the ground and sticks her face in it. But I promise you, she does have a makeup artist. Funny, though, it might be. And here's Phil Turner with his arms around Jack Tweed. How marvellous, Phil, that you've sunk that low. You put your arm around a convicted thug. Marvellous. What a credit you are. You really are. Quarter past five. <laughs> 
News headlines, the Lockerbie bomber could soon be freed from prison on compassionate grounds. Commuters and holidaymakers face rail chaos this morning with strike action crippling some of the busiest lines into the capital. The Foreign Office says it doesn't think any English football supporters were involved in trouble that flared in Amsterdam last night. Details on those stories at six o'clock with the travel. It's Hugh Brew. Thank you very much, Steve. If you're heading for the trains, you just have... 1.3. Morning, everybody. 17 minutes past five. Matt says, why are you obsessed weirdly with Jordan? Probably in the same way... Uh, Matt, that you're obsessed with... Oh, no, actually, you're, you're John in this one. You were Matt in another one, I think. So uh, perhaps, perhaps you're as obsessed with Peter Mandelson, I'm afraid, which is a little bit of a worry, isn't it? When you really... Yes, yes, you can't make up your mind who you are. So uh, perhaps, uh, I don't know what you are, actually. I've got a rough idea. Uh, Steve, there can't be five of them, hence the name S Club 7, says Mecky. I know, so really there'd be six people she's not getting on with. Actually, I'd heard that they hadn't invited anybody to the wedding at all. I knew there was something. I couldn't remember why. I couldn't remember whether or not they'd all fallen out. Because, you know, these groups, they all, they all get together. And, and then they sort of give the impression they're all really best buddies. And it turns out they're not best buddies at all. It turns out that they, uh, they can't stand each other. So they all go off and do their different things. Actually, no, S Club 7 did become S Club 6. Because one of them left. One of them left. Hannah, Hannah Watsit's uh, boyfriend left who went in on to be a rock musician. So they then went down to six. So I think I was right, actually. Because if there were only six of them, there'd have been five people she fell out with. She can't have fallen out with herself, can she? So I think Mickey, actually, an apology in order. OK, send that in straight away. Otherwise, we send the boys round. All right. Uh, celebrity send-off. The, the celebrity send-off in OK magazine could have been actually any of them. But uh, this time it was because uh, Jackie Brambles has, get, has been uh, sent off loose women. She's um, going home to spend more time with the family. So that's good news. So they all turned up. They had uh, Michelle Dubry. Oh, no idea who she is. Who's Michelle Dubry? Is she another... Do you know Matt? Who Michelle Dubry? No, nope, we don't know who she is at all, I'm afraid. Lisa Maxwell, we know. Uh, Sherry Hewson, mad as a brush. I mean mad as a brush. I've had dinner with her, mad as a brush. Denise Lewis, Connie Huck again. Oh, my God, your entire life, Connie, must be going to parties, I suppose. And, uh, and Pooja Shah. And I've got no idea who Pooja Shah is either, I'm afraid. <laughs> Not looking very well in the celebrity stakes, is it? Although we do know who Zoe Salmon is. How oh, yeah. Zoe Salmon was one who got told off by Blue Peter for going out wearing a dress. That, uh... No, it's Dewberry. Not Mike... We're typing... We're getting drag queens up now. I think that was Candy Dewberry. Dewberry. I think that's how it's pronounced, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Dewberry. There's, there she is, Michelle... Who is she? I've got, we've got no idea. There you go. Shot to... Perhaps just shot. What does she do? Does she do something? Is she, uh... Welcome to... She's got a blog. What I wanted to be when I grew up, my answer was simple, an honest and successful business. Oh, God, she was in The Apprentice. She's another one of those dreary, desperate wannabes. Oh, crikey. Actually, I did watch, strangely enough... Um, what was it? Um, uh, I forgot what they call it. Big Brother. This morning. And I watched it briefly for that, that peculiar bee. Now, because I, I, I don't like talking about myself, she said this morning, but my father's a millionaire... She says they're standing in Ugg boots. She said, I've probably got more in common with some other bloke. You've got nothing in common with anybody, dear. You really haven't. They should have been voted out ages ago. But anyway, so these celebrities all turned out and they went bye-bye to Jackie Brambles, who used to, surprisingly, if you didn't know, work in Los Angeles. That's where Jackie used to work in Los Angeles. She tells you on every single programme. Uh, the Liverpool uh, group got together. Mikey Dalton. Are you still stacking shells, Mikey? And Grace Adam Short. Oh, the moose. I think they, they were Big Brother as well. And there was a load of other very peculiar... But nobody you've ever heard of, I'm afraid. But the idle gossip is, uh, is Peter Andre. And he's very lucky. 
considering he hasn't had a hit single for years, he's actually got three homes. Cyprus, Australia and the UK. So that's good news, isn't it? And he's pictured in one of the papers today because he appeared with uh, Dale Winton the other day and then they got a nice picture outside afterwards. And, uh, obviously, Dale sympathising with uh, Peter. Just ju- judging by the look on Dale's face, it looks like he said, listen, chin up, be good. She's a nasty piece of work. Don't need to worry about it. And what are those two makeup artists hanging around with her for? That's the kind of thing you're going to get, I think. Uh, Bryn and Annie are back with us, thank goodness. Return on Saturday. I was getting a bit worried about their cruise. They went off on a cruise uh, to the Baltic and uh, Russian states, which was unbelievable. Now back in France, they say, we're pleased that the cough seems to have cleared up. Do you know, it, my cough went for about three weeks and I seriously thought it was never going to disappear. I seriously thought it was never going to go. Last night, they sat in the garden and watched the meteorites shooting across the skies. Loads. The night skies in the Dordogne are as clear as crystal and now the moon is so bright you could read a book by it. I'm now going to make an English-type cuppa for Annie and look forward to a very lazy day putting all the photographs of the crews into albums. I bet you've got some great pictures. Great pictures. So Annie's already got the headphones on. We stay in France until mid-sept when we return to London for a few more weeks for the odd job that I have in the diary. Keep in touch, Annie sends her love. Actually, yesterday I did um, Vince Hill. Vince Hill came in by train. By train, I tell you, from his home. Lovely, lovely. What a charming man. He's another water rat, I believe, Bryn. But uh, he said, I've not been down there for quite a while. But uh, a quite charming man. And his wife, strangely enough, is called Annie as well. So there you go. So that is, that is our link of this morning. So nice to have you all back with us again. And they listen on a Sunday to the programme. Uh, Steve, let's hope uh, that baby P's vile pieces of work get the same treatment when they land in jail. Uh, I've, I have a strange feeling that... Probably, you know, things will happen to them in there. I think they're going to have to be protected, but I'm, I'm not over keen on protecting people like that. I don't see why we should have to. Uh, Steve, what's wrong with the car now? It's MOT time. And, of course, you know, always take your car in for an MOT, and there's always something. There's always something. So it's going in today, and I'll probably get it back on Saturday. So I should be driving something like a Fiat for the next couple of days. Ooh, terribly embarrassing. I have to wear dark glasses. Only way to do it. Melody says, have you watched the Kevin Bishop show? Brilliant. But the funny thing is, gets more complaints than any other programme, I think, on Channel 4. They've had more complaints. But it's very clever. Very, have you ever seen it, Matt? Watch it. The Kevin Bishop Show. Very good. He's another one who dresses up and he, he can be Gokwan or he does all sorts of things. It obviously takes days and weeks to, uh, to film. But it's very, very good. Very, very good indeed. Very, very clever. There's a great picture in the paper today. I've got, I've got to urge you to go and have a look in any of the papers. And it's a couple who go to Canada... And uh, they're having a picture taken by Lake uh, Miniwanka in the Banff... I know. <laughs> in the Banff National Park in Canada. And uh, they're, uh, they're having their picture taken. And this squirrel pops up in front of them. And so the squirrels, they obviously put, put the camera down on a rock. You know, you push a little button on the top of it. So they want a nice picture of them taken by Lake Miniwanka. And, and, they, and all of a sudden, this squirrel pops up. So they've got... It's a great picture of the squirrel and them, and the squirrels obviously going, who the hell are you? This is my home. I live by the lake. And um, it's very funny. Very funny. You have to look at it because it's so funny. This squirrel. I didn't know it was a squirrel, first of all. I thought it was one of these, <laughs> forget the market.com, forget the meerkat.com. Because everywhere you go, it's meerkats at the moment. It's absolutely meerkats. Oh, by the way, I must tell you, in case you'd forgotten, you remember, uh, you remember Latoya Jackson? She was the barking one. 
I mean, mad as two brooms, let me tell you. Completely balmy. Uh, I could tell you stories and you'd go, you're joking. Because we have a, a great insight into Latoya Jackson. I know lots about Latoya that is not common knowledge. And uh, believe you me, when I say she's barking mad, she's barking mad. Anyway, she's now let it be known that she wants to appear on Dancing with the Stars in America. It's their equivalent of this dancing programme. And you think, do you know, every single one of this family has milked Michael Jackson's death. Every sing- Nobody would touch them with a bar spot. They're all flat broke. Nobody's got any money at all. The only person who's got the money is Michael. And he's finally been buried, although one of the papers today has said, is this where Michael is buried? And uh, it just looks like Forest Lawn and they're digging a hole in the ground. I mean, I don't think so, because I thought he was, in, he was in a crypt, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. There's a woman in the paper today, and they're going to talk about it on Breakfast with Nick Ferrari, uh, as an Islamic woman who was banned from a pool for wearing a burqa. Sorry, a burkini. It's a burkini. And what it is... It's, uh, she was told the costume was a hygiene problem. She's now said it's racist. No, you're wearing clothes. It's, I thought the idea when you went swimming is that you have to sort of wear as little as possible. Most people seem to go for a wash in there anyway. But she's wearing it. Uh, it's a cross between a Muslim burqa and a swimsuit. It was near Paris. It wasn't here. However, the French president, Nicolas Sarkozy, has already said burqas are a sign of subservience and should be banned. Totally agree. Totally agree. You do not need to wear burqas. Every time I see people wearing burqas, I always think, you poor soul. You poor soul. You have to trail behind this bloke. Doesn't say anywhere in the Koran you've got to wear it. Just says dress modestly. You don't need to wear half of this rubbish at all. You really don't. So he said it's, it's not right. She says it's segregation. I'm going to have to continue fighting to have a choice. Do you remember when they did a... I don't know if you remember. There was a programme in, in Australia. And it was a Muslim woman who wanted to be a lifeguard. But she could only do it if she was allowed to wear the burqa. And it turned out that she was bloody useless as a lifeguard. You know, it had nothing to do with wearing the burqa. It kind of hindered her in the water, to be honest with you. Because I don't know if you've ever seen Australian lifeguards, but they're thin as rakes, and they've all got washboard stomachs, and everybody's terribly fit. And she just, A, wasn't fit, and B, was quite clearly doing it to sort of, to make some point. But at the end of the day, they went, I'm sorry, you're not good enough. And she immediately turned around and said, oh, it's because I'm Muslim. And they went, no, 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 it's because you're not good enough, seriously. It was like that woman who was kicked off um, Big Brother. The public voted her out. And then they said, why did you go on, Big Brother? And she said, I wanted to prove that not all Muslims are terrorists. And I thought, you must be thick as a plank. Nobody thinks all Muslims are terrorists, for God's sake. You must be living in the dark ages. It's ridiculous. Uh, 84850, uk. Yes, I have heard that Peter Andre, not doing a duet with Latoya Jackson, they're supposed to be... Uh, joining up to do something. Peter Andre, I mean, I don't want to be rude about the poor bloke. He is dim. He can't help it. So, uh, I know he will, he'll, he'll team up with anybody. Unfortunately, he's teamed up with the stupidest member of the Jackson family, but there you go. And Dave says, George Lamb doesn't wear socks on television. Who do you think will go on Friday, Marcus or Halfwit, Marcus? Marcus, what are these... I don't understand how these people can take so much time off work and and then sort of sit there and you think... We know a few of them are on benefits. We know a few are on benefits. And, and they said, I couldn't afford to take that much time off work. Matt couldn't afford, well, he can't afford to take any time off work. He can barely afford to live, this poor boy. I mean, it just doesn't, you know. It's, if, if somebody said to him, do you want to go on, he wouldn't go on Big Brother, would you? For fear that, you, that you'd lose and people would see the real you. Because by day, Matt, by night, Symphony. It's a lovely name and, and he looks great in the curly wig. It's very attractive, very nice. It you know, doesn't bother me. I'm, let it, listen, as far as I'm concerned, live and let live. You know, that's why I'm here. It's as simple as that. I don't care what anybody does, as long as it doesn't frighten the horses, which is good news. Yeah, more power to the people. Power to... What was that programme? Was it Wolfie Smith? 
bit before your time, was it? He used to say, power to the people. I think that's what he used to do. Anyway, listen, more from the papers, including poor old Kerry Katona, struggling with a doner kebab. You poor old soul, Kerry. It's not your fault, you're fat. Well, wait a minute. It is. This is LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. 28 to 6, because I've forgotten in S Club was Joe O'Meara, the uh, the racist. That was all the, uh, the, the blooming stuff from Big Brother, wasn't it? And then her career collapsed, and then uh, that was the Shilpachetti thing. It was it was all this ganging up, and that Danielle... Where's Danielle Lloyd gone? Where's Danielle Lloyd disappeared to? She used to be in the... Every time I opened up the paper, Danielle Lloyd was in there. But if you remember, there was all that racism. Was she dating something? Thank God she's keeping out of the papers. Jamie O'Hara, we think, or somebody like that. And it would be a before... But she's not been in the paper for ages. At one time, you open up the paper, and every day... Danielle Lloyd. Everyday Danielle Lloyd. And I remember distinctly, after she came out of Big Brother, there was Danielle Lloyd, Jade Goody, and Joe O'Meara. And they all went on television and did their sobbing bit and did the whole bit about we weren't being racist to Shilpa Shetty. No, white. White coffee. No, I don't. It's the top right-hand button. But push the little left-hand button that's got a star on it, and that gives you decaf. So, which, is, which is quite cute, actually. OK. So, um, so that's why I remember Joe O'Meara. And then Joe's career collapsed because you can't go on television and make these comments to people, much as though nobody likes Shilpa Shetty anyway. And she's disappeared. Isn't it funny? All these people who you read about every day in the papers, some of them have uh, longevity and some of the stories have got legs. Most of the time they disappear completely. For example, we told you the story yesterday that Jackie Budden, that ex-junkie who uh, had the misfortune to be, or poor Jade had the misfortune to have her as a mother, because she used to give Jade drugs when she was younger, um, is trying to stop Jack Tweed seeing Jade's children. And so she'd said yesterday, if you believe everything in the papers, that she was going to go to court and stop him. Consequently, today in the papers, Jack Tweed wept yesterday. These will be the crocodile tears. As he vowed to fight any bid by Jade Goody's mum to stop him seeing the late reality star's kids. Can I just point out to both of these old failed has-beens, they're not your children. They're not your children. You've got no right to see them whatsoever, Jack. Nothing at all. Neither is Jackie. Nothing. They're not your children. They're nothing to do with you. The fact that you married her in some quasi-quack ceremony is neither here nor there, as far as I'm concerned. They're not your children. And if Jeff Brazier's got any sense, he'll keep you well away from them. You don't want some lowlife like you anywhere near them. How strange, though, it is that in another paper... A little bit down market, and you can't believe absolutely everything you read in it. They now say that Jack Tweed fears his family history means he's destined to become an alcoholic. Well, how stupid are you then? Apparently his father, Andrew, uh, is said to have liked a drink before he cut down. I think everybody likes a drink, don't they? Everybody likes a drink. Oh, we've got to get Nathan Morley. Just realised. And, um, and so there's a bit here. Although, strangely enough, his uncle Peter believes it's pointless speaking to Jack until he's forced to get a job. Because at the moment, he's a waste of space. What he's doing, he's spending the little money that he's probably earned or, uh, or had from Jade Goody's estate, and, um, and that's it. Until he actually gets a proper job like the rest of the country, he's a waste of space. You know, just get him out stacking shelves or do something. Do something, for God's sake. Make yourself a bit more useful. Citizen Smith was the programme. Citizen Smith. Amanda says, I recently saw a woman in full burqa and sunglasses. It looked like Darth Vader. The trouble is, I don't think you need to wear a full burqa. You really don't need to wear it. It's just, it's just not necessary. It's called being silly. It's as simple as that. You don't need to wear it. Nowhere in the Koran does it say you need to wear that. It's just a way of women being made to be subservient. And we don't like it. 
We don't like it at all. Mark, good morning, and good morning to Nathan Morley. Uh, good morning to you, to you Steve Allen. Uh, there we are, the burqa and the Koran. Have I stumbled onto the wrong radio programme? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's only because there's a woman in France who went swimming wearing um, a burkini, which is a, a cross between, Yeah, it's a cross between a uh, swimming costume and the burqa. <laughs> and they're saying in France, you're not wearing it because it's unhygienic, I'm afraid. Well, actually, the French have very strong views about uh, burkas, and yes. I know that Sarkozy, Nicolas Sarkozy, has made comments recently that, the, because I do believe there was a court case a couple of years ago where, where they had banned them in schools, didn't they? Yes, yes. And that you don't need to wear them. Yeah, I mean, no, nobody's bothered about the headscarf, but you don't need to wear the full, the full thing. Mm, it's very yeah, unnecessary. I, it's very absurd. Poor old women. You know, women are being treated as second-class citizens. It's uh, also, I mean, I don't really have a, an opinion on it, to be honest with you. I do notice when I'm in the Turkish sector of Cyprus, the occupied areas, which is primarily Muslim, um, when I'm over there, that it looks very uncomfortable in the heat. Mm. I mean, bearing in mind we've got temperatures around 40, 50 degrees sometimes. Yeah. And I see some of the women in, uh, women in burqas, and it really looks very uncomfortable. Yes. Um, but, they had a uh, very funny programme on the television yesterday, and I don't know if it was a documentary or if it was a film, and it was the Afghan version of The X Factor. <laughs> I kid you not. I mean, it was, it was filmed, they had the families there and who was going to win, and all the women were sitting there, most of them with their heads uncovered. And they said, yeah. some woman, they said to her, excuse me, why is your head uncovered? She said, well, she said, it's us being free. She said, when we sing the national anthem, we'll just put it back on again. <laughs> and that's it. It was all very free and easy. Well, there's a lot of very secular uh, countries here, so, like Turkey. Um, uh, the, the, there's a big debate on there in Turkey about the, the uh, burqas and headscarves at the moment. But you still have it. It's a very modern country. Many women just wear Western clothes. Lebanon. Uh, you, you know, it, it's uh, really, um, it's only those hard-line countries such as Iran and uh, I suppose, in some cases, Syria, uh, where, where you really have to work this clothing. Uh, uh, rules are imposed upon the people, which, as you, say, as you said at the start, I don't think there is actually any mention of it in the Quran. No. actually. I think it just says, dress modestly. Dress modestly. <laughs> Unfortunately, not peg. dressing looking like a Dalek. <laughs> I mean, it does, it does... You don't need to do it. And also, I think the idea is... As far as I remember, it's so that men are not allowed to look at them. They're quite clearly a little bit worrying, these men, if looking at women sort of gets their blood going so much. Ah, uh, yes, the temptation and all of that. It, it, is, it is quite bizarre, I think. Mm. I mean, also, the, what, the, what, I, what I was found funny was what um, priests were as well, not, uh, not in um, the Muslim world, but in countries like this we have the Orthodox Church, yeah. and, the, and the priests wear enormous long beards, as you know, and... Very thick black uh, cloaks and uh, dresses that are t you know these garments, and, uh, and I always thought they just didn't think this through <laughs> in this in this weather and these conditions. You know they they needed more time on this project. I think the best uh, the best get up comes from British vicars, you know, or I should say Protestant uh, uh, vicars who wear these. You know they can wear a pair of jeans, can't they, and a, a little dog collar. Yes. Which looks great. Um, you see, I'm not over keen on that. I, I always remember the picture of uh, Archbishop Makarios. And, yeah. <laughs> and one, once you've seen Makarios, that seemed to be the benchmark for every 
priest in, yeah. in Cyprus. They all look the same to me. It's like all widows in Cyprus are wearing black and they sit there yeah. knitting. That's, that's what they all look like to me. <laughs> well, that's actually true. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> I know. I know a number of Greeks, as you know. But uh, um, th- there is a story in the paper today, and I only mention it because it's, it's a problem of some poor bloke boozing at a Greek resort. Mm. And uh, he was found dead. At 17, uh, because he'd boozed too much. Now, we've discussed the boozing problem before, haven't we? Yes, we have. It's, uh, it, it is an, it's an enormous problem. Yeah. And um, there was an incident a few days ago where a, a, a British man had his genital set on fire. I don't know if yes. you saw this at the Greek resort. Yes, yes. Uh, He's actually claiming I mean, she attacked him. <laughs> I heard a different story, but, uh, you know, I'm getting my, my news from Greece. So, she appar- she's a hero in Greece, you know that. She's I mean, a hero. people are saying, yeah, people, or a heroine, I should say. People wow. are saying, well done you, girl. We're, we're completely fed up with, you know, drunken British louts, feral youths, you know, mm. uh, peeing in the street, puking, puking or over... Thi- people are fed up with it. Yeah. You know, they, they he can't did actually sell his themselves. story the other day to, the, uh, to the papers. Well, he actually sort of took his clothes off to show what happened when the, uh, the flaming liquid had hit him. Uh, he mm. claims he didn't... He didn't grope her. The trouble is, you need both sides of the story. All the papers seem to do was buy his side of the story. But you and I know, I've got no idea in this particular case, that most of the people go over there are drunks. They get yeah, drunk, they, they vomit, yeah. they urinate. They, all the women seem to go there for, you know, as many notches on your bedpost as you can get. <laughs> and the whole thing has just got out of hand. Well, I mean, uh, you, you would be surprised, I would imagine, if you had to spend a weekend in somewhere like Falaraki or Ayanap or one of these resorts where... Uh, and, I, and I'm sure listeners um, hearing this this morning are increasingly hearing this term, feral youths. Yes. I love it. I've really picked up on it. We know what it. they are. <laughs> because when I see them, and I'm driving uh, in the resorts, I, 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 honestly, I feel very unhappy about it now. And the older you get, the more uncomfortable you are with it. Uh, you know, prowling these resorts, uh, puking everywhere. It, it's a horrible thing. Sometimes, and I remember years ago when we were talking, I wish I was a policeman. <laughs> I wish oh, I could how many times guys. have we all said in our lives, I'd love to be a policeman for a day? I know. I know. I oh, the, the trouble is, the only thing that would hold you up is the paperwork. Yes, indeed, this is if true. If there was no paperwork and you could just hang them straight away, it would be so much easier, wouldn't it? You know, you just go, you, back of the van, go. <laughs> no, and they disappear and you never see them again. Uh, this is true, yeah. Actually, just back to that story about the, the, the guy having his genitals burned. What I read in the Greek newspaper, and, and you say it may have been, may have been different in the, in the British papers, was that he was waving his winkle at everybody. He was so drunk, he had his pants down, waving his winkle, and he went over to this girl and waved it at her. And she said, go away, and she was really frustrated, and he came back. So she threw Sambuca on it, yeah. which is a local, uh, and, then, and then flicked her, uh, her lighter. That's why is she's it, a heroine. It, it's amazing. You actually get the Greek perspective, and then you get the Brit perspective. I think mm. the truth of the matter is, he skipped out the country as quick as possible. In fact, Oh, I he think would have probably was, got lynched. Well, it, well in he fact, he'd almost got to that stage, so he, he left the country very quickly, came back here. First thing he did, strangely, was go to the newspaper. Oh, that's a shocker. I he mean, must have been in I real have pain. To be honest, I've got well. I mean, it doesn't bother the burns on his body because we should point out that sambuca is this little drink where you set fire to it and then chuck it down your throat. I've never seen the purpose of it. The whole idea I always thought of going to Ayanapa and everywhere else is to get as drunk as possible as quickly as possible. Mm. Small mm. wonder this this kid of seventeen dropped dead. He went on a mm. drinking binge. Seventeen. He wrote on his Bebo site. He was only at his happiest sitting down with a bottle of Fosters. 
I mean, I don't want to sort of, you know, to do do the, the, the moral majority bit, but he was 17. You cannot yeah. drink that amount of booze. This man couldn't even stand up, went onto a building site, fell off the top of a building. Well, uh, you, you know, this is just not unusual. This is one of the stories you're hearing about. The other day, a guy walked out of a pub here, fell down a manhole, you know, yeah. and, and they found him the next morning because he'd been... Drinking, you, you know, it's, yes, some it's of true. these stories make the paper. If you had somebody out there taking the stats, how many tourists could get so completely out of it, they start drinking in the morning. Yeah. The morning, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. I've actually they... seen people go out, get drunk, throw up, carry on drinking. You want to yeah. come around Leicester Square? This morning was particularly bad in Leicester Square, where there's a sandwich bar open to the left-hand side. And, of course, if you're drunk, which most of them are, 90%, they come out of cl- clubs and bars, and what do they want to do? They want to eat. They'll either eat a kebab, or they'll mm. eat a chicken thing, or a portion of chips. In this case, they're eating sandwiches. Two drunk girls stand there, leaning up against each other, just literally throwing the paper from this thing on the floor. And you want to say to them, Hoy, pick it up, put it in the bin. But you yeah. know you're going to get a mouthful of filth and torrent from them. A torrent you are going to, yeah, or, or, or she may just pull a, a, a flick knife out of her exactly. bag. You've got no or, idea. Who are these uh, bars, though, that serve these people with the alcohol? Surely, you know, if you work in a bar and somebody stags out, uh, two sound book, you go, no, you're not having anything, mate. You're yeah, not. but I mean, it must be quite expensive to get a, a, a drink at a bar in Leicester Square, I would imagine, nowadays. Well, I've got no idea, but I'm telling you, every night of the week, there are drunks staggering round here. Sometimes you take your life in your hands getting to the front door. It's always been like that round there, though, hasn't it? it I has, mean, I remember yes. years ago in Leicester Square, maybe 20 years ago, it was quite a... I mean, uh, after, after hours, it was a pretty horrible place to go. But they're getting it's younger. Yet. They're getting younger, Nathan. <laughs> I promise you. No, that's as, that's as getting older, Steve. No, the other I'm day convinced. I... <laughs> you look at these two girls, they look no more than 15 to me. Uh, everybody, everybody looks around 15 to me nowadays because, uh, honestly, it is a symptom of age. And some of them are probably in their 20s, but I just take one look at it, I think, oh, bloody kids everywhere. Yeah. You know, but they're, they're probably uh, <laughs> 18, 19, 20. It's well, a symptom of age. It is a I symptom know. of age, and, and I've, I've finished being a grumpy old man this morning. Conversation for 7.30 in the morning. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. Fantastic. Nathan, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Take Have care. a lovely morning. Bye. Sarah. Nathan Morley. <laughs> In uh, in Cyprus, it's quarter to six. These are news headlines. It's understood the man convicted of the Lockerbie bombing is to be released next week. Two robbers involved in Britain's biggest dual robbery reportedly use an unsuspecting makeup artist to help disguise them with film-style rubber masks and different hair colour and skin tone. Scientists at City University London say a cup of tea in a crisis really does help. They found it reduces anxiety levels. We'll have a cup of tea immediately. Let's have the travel first there with Hugh Broom. Thank you very much, Steve. Uh, we'll start with the trains. If you heard in the news, it's a uh, third week of 48-hour industrial action uh, for National Express East Anglia and... Andrew Pierce says, he looks very well. Strangely enough, we, we, have, we have one thing in common, both James Bell and I. I'm not going to tell you what it is, surprisingly. I'm not going to tell you what it is, so there you go. Uh, Darren in Leicester has bought the electronic cigarette. We talked about it because June Brown from EastEnders was using one the other day, uh, with Nick Ferrari this morning. They're going to be talking about being caught on camera, uh, complaining MPs forced to live on rations. You know who this is. This is Alan Duncan. Uh, plus, you could buy a paternity test over the counter. The French woman banned from the swimming pool for wearing her burqa swimsuit. Nick asked if she was treated unfairly. Clemency Burton-Hill is the paper reviewer this morning. And uh, they're going to be talking to Liz Jones, the Daily Mail journalist who spent a week wearing a burqa and felt like she was in prison. 
I suppose you would if you're not used to wearing one. Strangely enough, somebody said Danielle Lloyd was attacked in a nightclub. That was months ago. Months ago. She's already flogged that story. And it says here, surely it's a woman's right to dress in a burqa. It's demeaning, I'm afraid. It's very demeaning for women. Very, very demeaning. They don't need to do it. You know, I thought women, I thought, I thought women were emancipated. We gave them the vote, we did everything else, and here they are dressing like they're third-class citizens. Great shame, great shame. Uh, Bryn, you didn't miss Vince's show. It's not been transmitted yet. We'll transmit, I think, on the 6th of September. 6th of September. But in fact, he says, uh, while I'm uh, writing this, I'm looking at two pictures of him, of his, because he was a wonderful painter. Uh, purchased some donkeys years ago, past King Rat, George Elric, Mr and Mrs Elric's wee son George, who organised at the Ideal Home Exhibition a large exhibition of paintings by well-known Showtime artists. There were hundreds, and we raised thousands of coins for the order. Vince is a super, and we're very proud of them. Yes, he is a lovely bloke. He is, actually. Absolutely charming, wasn't he? We did get the impression, Matt and I, that he didn't want to leave. He could have sat down here quite happily for hours and just told us different uh, stories which is uh, fantastic. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, oh, oh, I've got some news for you about London Zoo. I've got news for you about London Zoo, which you're going to be very thrilled with. You're going to be very excited. Very, very excited. Um, I can't tell you yet. I can't tell you what it is. I can't tell you. I, I can tell you. I, I can't tell you, actually. Do you know what it is yet? I, can, well, I, I know what it is. I just can't tell you just yet. I, no, I can't even tell you off air because I'll have to have to shoot you, I'm afraid, Matt. So I, I can't tell you what it is. Actually, did you know, I got a, a thing the other day, because <laughs> it's embargoed, right? So I can't tell you till later. Um, did you know that DKNY, which is uh, Aramis, is owned by... Because I, I got a press release through the other day that they've got a new DKNY. And, uh, and I thought, that's nice, but unfortunately I only use Estee Lauder Intuition for men because it's my favourite. But DKNY have got this thing, and it's, uh, it's made by Aramis. And who are Aramis owned by? So, in other words, this big company owned DKNY. Go on, who, 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 who? Estee Lauder. Estee Lauder own DKNY. Did you know that? You didn't know that. You see, you don't know these things. That's why I'm educating you this morning. So that, it's interesting, isn't it? Sorry? It's that. <laughs> School days. And also, I keep getting sent the most odd press releases. This one that came in yesterday is to highlight the joys of caravanning. Now, I have held my hands up and said we did go caravanning as children. We had a caravan. Just about got it up the side of our house on our drive, because we were posh. And, um, and we loved caravan. We went all over the country in our caravan. We really do. We really, we really did. It was absolutely fantastic. Steve, you failed to mention that the evil and twisted bee is the biggest troublemaker since the disgraceful Grace entered the house. I hope she's voted out. So- oh, she's vile. I only knew that because I'd watched it and thought, oh, blimey, you're not nice. And then I think you'll find that we had a number of guests on the programme who were also confirming that she wasn't a very nice person as well, which is good, isn't it? Actually, that Big Dipper ride in Blackpool, do you know it was closed hours earlier because of problems? You know, uh, they had to rescue 21 people because what happened was the car got jammed and the following car went straight into the back of it. Six people had to be rescued. When it came to a halt at its height, three hours later after it reopened, a car on the roller coaster stopped and was hit by uh, another. Helen Rogers says, we had to walk down the track. Thank goodness nothing ran into us. Well, you wouldn't have done. There's only two cars on the track. And the uh, second one had just banged into you, I'm afraid. So uh, that's it. It does make you worry, doesn't it? It does make you worry about roller coasters. But we do like them. We do like roller... You know why? It's that, it's that rush. 
It's, you don't do roller coasters and that. What do you do? Swings or something? You just do you know, backwards and forwards. Back. You do the teacups. I thought they were quite racy pacey. The teacups. The teacups we were looking at at South End. They went quite fast. Quite fast. The teacups. And I don't like these rides where it looks like I think they call it an octopus. And it's four arms or five arms, and each one's got four little carriages at the end of it. And then it starts moving, and then it lifts up, and it start, each carriage starts rotating. Oh, I feel sick thinking about it. Cannot do that one at all. And yet, we do like these sort of things. Oh, you know the bloke who took his clothes off in Trafalgar Square on the plinth? Got into trouble. Police said, you put your clothes back on. He was one of Anthony uh, Gormley's living statues. Uh, he actually started off quite normally, and then he took his shirt off. Then he took his trousers off, and then he took his pants off. And the police said, I don't think so. So he had to put them all back on again. Jamie Oliver's decided he's not going to show you his bottom. That's good news, isn't it? He's just filmed a new advert, and uh, I think for a TV series called Jamie Oliver has a freebie in America or something. I can't remember what it is. Something like that. And so he dressed up as the village people. Why? I've got no idea. I suppose we shouldn't read too much into that. But in one of them he has to turn around and he's wearing leather chaps. And they said it, in, it, it sort of says, bear your bottom. And he said, no, I'm not doing it, for which we're all eternally grateful. And um, so they brought in a stunt double to be Jamie Oliver's bottom. I can only assume it, it must be so awful <laughs> that he didn't want to show people. <gasps> or perhaps he's just a little bit worried. Uh, other stories in the paper today. Um, trying to think. Of, oh, the Teletubbies are going on the road. The Teletubbies are going on the road. They're going to perform across uh, a free tour of Britain's shopping centres. That'll frighten you when you see how big they are. They're not small, these things. I know on your television they look fairly small, but I promise you, in real life, huge, huge, absolutely enormous. Uh, out of the Teletubbies. I, I, I couldn't identify any of them. Uh, the thing I, I always worried about the Teletubbies was they didn't have voices to match them. You know, Tinky Winky, La La, Poe, and then there was another one, I think, wasn't there? Dipsy. Was Dipsy... Was Dipsy the one with the handbag? Oh, oh, Tinky Winky, the purple one. How do you know this, Matt? I mean, you've got nine-year-old... Oh, really? Your sister's nine? Blimey, there's a lot of difference between you and your sister, isn't there, age-wise? Your parents just particularly slow, or was it a blackout or something? What a, what a big age difference. Nine and you. Good grief. Chris in Chislehurst says, Have you tried Pleasures from Estee Lauder? I have tried it, but unfortunately I go to intuition every time. I'm a creature of habit. It's like every woman listening doesn't... Try lots and lots of different perfumes. You stick to the same one. You've used the same one uh, all the way through your life. And that's why husbands have got no idea. They just think that people use a different one. So they go out there and they go, well, I'm going to buy you this. And the woman goes, don't buy me that. I, w- I won't wear it. I won't wear it. All right, I'll put it on the sideboard. And, the, you know, she puts it on. The husband goes, poof, smells horrible, doesn't it, really? Not nice. Uh, the, there's also uh, Steph Malini's car. Nearly became a drive-in. His takeaway, when a, when a car smashed through the wall in Walton Retail Park in Peterborough. You know what it's like? You're sort of sitting there and all of a sudden, whoosh, car comes through the wall because people are balmy nowadays. I've seen some dreadful driving, absolutely appalling driving every day. I don't think it's... Po- I mean, Piccadilly Circus is like a Grand Prix track with sort of young boys who seem to think it's a, it's a good place to sort of like do wheelies and stuff like that. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, also, the papers today, they reckon that the robbers of the £40 million haul are long gone. I know that we're running reports on the news that they were done over by a makeup artist and everything. I don't. I, I thought it was carefully planned. I don't think they went that far. There used to be a famous guy, uh, a French singer called Claude Francois. Claude Francois had a big hit single with something called Tears on the Telephone. And uh, 
he decided in the early days that he was going to have a facelift but couldn't go through the surgery. So he had masks made uh, to stretch his skin. And they were made out of the same uh, rubber that condoms are made out of. And what he did was they were made by this company who probably still make them. And he pulled it over his face and it went all over and it tightened everything up. And you would never know, strangely, that he had a mask on. And he wore them over here when he did a series of concerts because it made him look youthful. When he took it off, everything went all saggy. But when he put it on, it tightened everything up and he looked very good. However, when he came over here, he broke one of them. He put his finger through it and it broke. So they had to quickly send off to Paris to get uh, to get another one. So they have been used before. Whether or not these people were wearing them, I've got no idea. Because presumably the makeup artist who actually sort of did it will have to come forward. Because if they know it's a makeup artist, they must know who it is. Would you not think? Would you not think? Do you know men want more casual sex than women? Did you know that? Apparently that's new research from scientists. Apparently, according to a new study, women usually need someone exceptionally attractive to be tempted into a one-off romp. Whereas, whereas men, apparently, are more likely to uh, go home with their date for the night. They're not particularly fussy. Oh, there you go. So when somebody says, but I, you see, they had to do research for that, and yet I thought we all knew that anyway. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. But there again, we could be wrong. We could be wrong in this, but I have a sneaking feeling we're not. OK, listen, we'll take a very quick break for the uh, news. We'll come back to the other side. More of your texts and emails here on LBC. Is your HD Ready TV missing something? Like an HD... Morning, everybody. Eight minutes past six. It's early breakfast, LBC 97.3, with Steve Allen through till seven this Thursday morning. It's interesting, actually. Uh, everybody's talking about Ronnie Biggs. Even the papers now are talking about Ronnie Biggs and saying he's making this miraculous recovery. Have we been conned? And in fact, everything, uh, everybody was, was saying that the other day. Nick Ferrari was talking about it, saying, you know, I mean, surely, you know, he wouldn't be the full doctors, would he? I thought, well, he's managed to stay out of uh, prison for long enough, I suppose. Uh, I can't believe you know about Claude Francois, says Francesca. He was my childhood pop idol, but nobody else in the country seems to have heard of him. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Claude Francois was huge. And you know how he died? He made that cardinal mistake. He was in his bathroom and he stood up in the bath to change a light bulb. Electrocuted. Electrocuted. But uh, he, was, uh, he was absolutely, absolutely an amazing star. France always have these uh, celebrities who in France, they're huge. Patrick Jouvet in France was a... Ma- Nobody's ever heard of him. He had a big hit single over here, a disco single called I Love America. Yeah, like Johnny Halliday. You ask people about Johnny Halliday and people get who? And yet in France, absolutely, absolutely amazing. Uh, 84850, uh, steve at uh, I put one of Sky Music channels on and Christopher Biggins was presenting it. Strange work for him. Certainly not. Have you seen how much money these things pay? Oh, crikey. Absolutely fantastic. And Ralph, probably not her real name, Says, uh, you said Michael Jackson died broke. Absolutely flat broke. Not a penny piece in the, uh, in the little pot in the corner, I'm afraid. But the estate is worth 300 million. No, sadly it wasn't, I'm afraid. Might be worth a bit more now because people have started buying the albums. But at the time, flat broke. That's why he was doing the concerts. That's why he was doing the concerts, I'm afraid. He had to do them to try and make 50 million. He'd borrowed, I think, from the Sultan of Brunei's son, who then took him to court because uh, Jackson reneged on a deal. 
and they started making some deal. He'd also, he was going to record an album and doing everything, but he didn't do that. Uh, Michael was just full of empty promises, and then somebody said, well, how about doing some concerts, raise a bit of money? Uh, he didn't own Neverland at the end. I think that was mortgaged up to the hilt. Didn't own anything at all. The house he was living in, sadly, was, was rented. It's a shame, really, isn't it? You'd think after all that time, with all that money, but having had to pay Geordie Chandler, what was it, 30 million, I think, for not abusing him? I mean, that was a phenomenal amount of money, and all the, you know, it costs money to keep, uh, ooh, what's Wibble Wobble? To keep <laughs> security men uh, around. You know, if you've got six security men and a doctor on, what was it, $150,000 a month the doctor was on? And he didn't have any income. Great shame, isn't it? I think it's a shame, really. Uh, Chris says, do you think I could get a rubber mask for the wife? I've already got the sack. <laughs> Body. <laughs> Which is <laughs> one of those very old jokes, I suppose. Uh, stolen to order. They reckon the... And I said this yesterday. I can't believe people have picked up on it. And I said, when these people robbed Graffs, the jewellers, of 40, 43 million pounds, whatever, whatever it happened to be, uh, I said, you don't go into there on the off chance of just stealing something. You're either stealing to order. In other words, somebody very rich has said to them, listen, you get me this amount of jewellery, I'll give you five, six million pounds. And people say, that's worth it. Because if all this lot was broken up, they'd get hardly anything. And then people would start talking and then it'd be difficult. Sell it to somebody who's never going to be displaying this, but can wear it about their house. And there are rich people in the world, take my word for it, there are people with, with billions that you know nothing about. They could afford to buy stuff like this. People in the Middle East, people all over the place. And they could wear it and nobody would ever know. Nobody would ever know at all. So they're now saying it could be stolen to order... Wish somebody had still Kerry Katona. Here she is, fat lardy, uh, eating a kebab. Number of calories in a doner kebab? 1,573. Worst food you can ever eat. Filthy, full of saturated fat. It's got 148% of saturated fat. 98% of the recommended daily salt allowance is in a kebab. Small wonder that her arteries must be hardening even as we speak. And eventually, gone. Simple as that. That's the worst thing about eating fast food. Kebabs, very bad for you. The daily calorie intake, 75%. That's not including the mayo. You put mayo on a kebab, worst thing you can ever have. Worst thing. You know, and they try and make it better by going, and we're going to put salad with it. You think, I wouldn't touch this if you paid me. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. But they're now saying she might need more liposuction. I think she'll need emergency surgery in hospital. I don't know about liposuction. They've done the whole jewel, jewel heist uh, police hunting for this gun gang now. They've already uh, arrested one man, then let him out on bail. Uh, they shouldn't take them too long, but as I said before, they'll be out of the country. They will be out. They won't hang around. What would be the point of hanging around in the country? You've just got 43 million. What you would do, you'd put it in a bag, in the back of the car, hand it to the motorcyclist, gone. Who's going to be looking for a motorcyclist? You're looking for two blokes, a black guy and another guy. In a people carrier. You're not looking for a motorcyclist, and that's what they've done. I reckon they've got rid of it. The best, the best planned robberies are the ones where they sit down and, and work them out very, very carefully. I do love in the mirror, Penman and Summerlad, they investigate, and they, they tell you about some of the, um, the companies that you should never do business with. Companies who have got dreadful track records. People who steal from you. People who, who scam you. I mean, I got a thing the other day. Explain this one to me, because I'm convinced my brother's got a virus. I get an email from him the other day, two emails from my brother's email address, um, but it was it was a jewellery company. So I phoned him up and I said, did you see, because I stupidly opened one of them up. I didn't open the attachments or anything else. I just looked at it and thought, Tiffany, why would he be sending me that? 
Unless it's because his daughter's coming up to her 18th and she might want a piece of Tiffany jewellery. So I phoned him. I said, did you send it? He said, no. He said, but strangely enough, Jess, his oldest, said that uh, she'd also received an email from him. I said, you've got a virus. Somebody's gone through your computer and they're sending stuff out to all the email addresses in your computer. So he said he'd have a check and use my sea cleaner. So that's good, isn't it? Uh, more on uh, the slimming fad. This is the Akai Berry, flogged online by spam and ads, including uh, pop-ups for Judy's Weight Loss Programme, henceforth known as Judy's Money Loss Programme. It's touted as a free offer. Trouble is, they say, you have to give your credit card details for post and packing. That's around £75 in this particular case. Judy's Money Loss begins with a pop-up on Hotmail, and the pills arrive from an elusive firm called Viv3 Lab Limited. Um, they just tried to get them the other day. And so they actually got behind the outfit, who, according to Company's House, has got no directors. Could I speak to one of the directors? Say the mirror. Uh, sorry, sir, we're just dealing with cancellations and information. Can you give me informa- uh, information on your director? No, I can't. So uh, just remember, comes from Scotland, this one, sadly. So it's Viv3 Lab Limited, and it's Judy's Weight Loss Programme. Just be very careful. If you hand over any details of your credit card, they're liable to fleece you. I only warn you out of the caring side of Steve Allen this morning. 6.15, the headlines, Matthew Schofield. The Lockerbie bomber is reportedly set to be released from prison. Hello, there you are. Nice to be company. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. I saw Widdy the other day. We sat next door to each other. Well, I say next door to each other. She was sitting at the next desk. It was all she could do to keep her hands off me. I thought, come on, hold back, hold back. Hold back. Little bit naughty. Little bit naughty. Actually, she was looking quite good yesterday. I like that. Every day it's a different outfit. But she was in so early. Quarter past seven, this woman turns up. Quarter past seven. She does all this research, sits down, goes through the papers like we do. I just read a bit faster. I'm a very good speed reader. Rain Balham's not a big fan of Alan Duncan. He says that Cameron should sling him out the Tory party, make him stand down. He's a millionaire and obviously completely out of touch with the real world. I think you find he's a multimillionaire. He's a multimillionaire. Roger Foss. He's not quite a multi-millionaire, but he's, he's certainly got enough money to keep him happy for about a week. <laughs> <laughs> Nowhere near a millionaire, oh. I'm afraid. Not even a multi-one. No, I'm sorry. I've got a few bob to spare, but that's about it. I know. Join the rest of the clan, I think. Although, by the end of this month, I'll have nothing left. Cars going in, MOT, it's, it's uh, VAT time, oh, tax on oh, I know. insurance... I'm- I know, I'm, I'm reduced to spending me nectar points, actually. Oh, dear God, <laughs> so... I haven't got that bad. <laughs> well, I'll tell you somebody I'm... who must be coining it at the moment, Brian Connolly. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Packing him in at the Shaftesbury Theatre, still hairspray, doing yeah. fantastically well. And now, here's Brian Connolly as Edna Turnblatt, 18 stone Edna Turnblatt, <laughs> wearing the frock. That, well, not quite the same frock that Michael Ball wore. Different one. <laughs> <laughs> A different one. I think they've had to slightly let it in. <laughs> Yes, he, he isn't out. as big, actually, is he? I, I talked to him just, uh, in fact, the night before he was he was going into it, and I think uh, yeah. a party from here went last night to see him. Yes, they certainly did, and they were all dooging away in the seat in front of me, including oh. Bill Buckley and James Max. I Bill Buckley see and James Max, that's a rumour to start. Well, were they boogieing <laughs> together? No, not quite. Actually, uh, it was Bill Buckley who was jumping around in his seat, but then mm. he wasn't the only one, I have to say, in the theatre who mm. was sort of booging along with Brian Connolly and Edna Turnbatt and all these songs. So uh, I, I think it's a great, great night for uh, Brian Connolly, actually. His kind of opening night, although it's been running in for a week or two, hasn't it? Yes. And uh, yeah, he's not so roly-poly as Michael. He certainly isn't. Uh, but and he's, he, he, of course, is, I, I think, one of our great 
stage performers. There's no doubt about it that Brian Connolly is one of those performers who comes on and you just sit back and he just does it. There's no, you know, he's just fantastic. And, uh, and of course, he's followed Michael before. Michael was in Chitty, Chitty Bang Bang and yeah. then Brian Connolly took over in that. But he's made Edna his own, really. Michael had a kind of... You know, a sort of um, a nice, um, a nice mumsy kind of feel. Brian Connolly occasionally uses his Al Jolson voice. So, you know, I mean, his, his girth is lots of mirth. It's uh, very funny. And, of course, we've also got a new cast. Nigel Planer's now playing the husband, although yeah. he was off last night. Oh. Wasn't on. The understudy was on, who was very, very good. And a young girl called Chloe Hart playing the extra, extra large Tracy with teasing her hair as high as she can. <laughs> and a young guy called Liam Tan, I think that's how you pronounce it, playing Link Larkin. No, I mean, very, very good cast, very strong, just almost as strong as the the original cast. And Liz Robertson, I noticed, playing wow. Velma von Tussle. I, 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 I usually associate her roles like Eliza Doolittle and Anna in The King and I, and, uh, yes. you know, those sort of characters. But here she is having a go at, at the horrible old Velma von Tussle. And I... I mean, the show is fantastic, of course, Hairspray, and you forget that you, it's set in the 60s, isn't it? Yes. And, and at the moment, we're having a kind of 60s resurgence with that fantastic Dreamboats and Petticoats mm. down at the Savoy, which is very much more a kind of 1960s British thing, whereas this is all about segregation in the States in the 60s, and, uh, and, and, and there's Tracy, you know, fighting for racial harmony. And, uh, and all of that comes over very, very strongly. And I sat there thinking, well, here we are, 50 years later, so much has changed. And, uh, and, yet, uh, and, and, and the argument in this, of course, is all about uh, going against segregation. And here we are, 50 years later, and Trevor Phillips is telling us that multiculturalism in this country has led us backwards in sleepwalking into segregation, as he said. Yeah. So I think, you know, without being too serious, there are kind of, serious issues in this musical, mm. which makes it into a great show. The interesting and thing is that fun. Ricky Lake, who starred in the original, has got one of the most multiracial chat shows in America I've ever seen. Yeah. She embraces black culture, everybody's culture. She's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, as we all do. And, I mean, you know, this is a great celebration of black culture, too. And, uh, no, Hairspray, uh, well, you know, Brian Conley, I mean, who can replace Michael Ball? Yes. But Brian Conley has done the job so brilliantly, good, and good. Uh, is the West End's newest frock star. His mum will be thrilled to pieces. Oh, I bet. I, I bet, bet she was there last night. I'm sure she was. Yeah. I'm sure she was. I didn't see her, I'm afraid. I wouldn't recognise her, but uh, no, I mean, perhaps uh, he had a few lessons from her about wearing the, um, <laughs> what, what size bra is it? Size <laughs> 54 double B? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> but anyway, moving on. <laughs> so, big, big thumbs up, as they say, for Michael. Uh, oh, sorry, yeah. for... Uh, um, <laughs> Brian Connolly. Oh, Brian Connolly. I'm getting confused who's in the blooming thing now. Uh, but he's, he's also not in it for very long, so catch him because he's out. Uh, he's doing Panto at Christmas. Absolutely. So Absolutely. catch him. So who on earth's going to follow him? I've got no I know, idea. I know. I bet Michael Ball wants to come back. But then, of course, he's touring with his concert, Michael, isn't yes. he? And then he's going to do the tour of uh, Hairspray when that starts. So, um, oh, so yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I always said to Michael, you know, you're just waiting for that one show that you that you just slip into, as they say. And I think Hairspray was it. It, it. it just gave him every opportunity to sing, to dance, to show his humorous to do everything. And I think the same for uh, for Mr. Connolly as well. I know, and little Good. do they both realise that it, it, you know they they gain all this by wearing a frock. I know. 
<laughs> Just see it now. Steve Allen as Edna Turnblatt. Oh, I see. That's what you're asking. Oh, for. I'm not daft. Listen, I'm having the, I'll be having the producer oh, on next. I, I see. <laughs> uh, you're all Although, getting, all I, I can't sing, but I can do the motion of the ocean and the sun in the sky. <laughs> so very, very quickly, Dolly Levi is back. Is this at Regent's oh, Park? It's Hello Dolly, Open Air yes. Theatre, Regent's Park. Uh, absolutely fantastic production of Hello Dolly. I mean, we don't often see this show, do we, really? It's never revived that much. No. But Samantha Spiro playing Dolly Levi. It's all there. You go in humming Hello Dolly <laughs> and you go out humming it as well. And, uh, and I forgot, actually, these great Jerry Herman songs. And I, I'd forgotten that virtually the entire second act... You know, you've got Before the Parade Passes By, Put On Your Sunday Clothes, all those songs. But the entire second act, practically, is walking down that staircase and oh. all those waiters, you know, in the red coats and yes. silver trolls. She's hello, here, Dolly. she's here. She is, she is. Hello, Dolly. Oh, well, hello, guys. Nice you back where you belong. And I, I, I think this is one of the great summer treats. It did rain a bit on the uh, press night, so it was turning almost into Hello, Brolly, but nevertheless... Oh, very good. I know, <laughs> I've been saving that one up but um, (laughs) i love samantha spyro she played she's very good she's very kind of bubbly she played barbara windsor twice now on telly and on stage and she's really got it she's really got it and uh and i I just can't really recommend this show enough and and the weather's so awful you think oh dear what a shame yeah what a shame because the choreography in this by Stephen Meir, who was co-choreographer on Mary Poppins is absolutely sensational, and that entire number, all the waiters dancing before she walks down the staircase, mm. is really one of the, the one of the most fantastic routines I think I've seen in years. So uh, the Regent's Park, you just think, oh well, it's in the Regent's Park and it's just open air theatre and all that. No, this is this is you know high West End standard stuff, Excellent. and uh, and and a, as I say, a, a great treat for the summer. Excellent. So a, a warm record. Is it a big company? Well, it, I suppose it is really because you have to. You've got to have all the waiters, haven't you, at the Harmonia yeah. Gardens, and so Harmonia they all kind of double up, I suppose, <laughs> playing other roles. But uh, and and you know, you've got the other characters. If you remember the mo- the Streisand movie, you know, there's yes. the Michael Crawford role of the, the the dopey kind of shop assistant who goes off to town and finds his girl, along with Dolly Levi, who meets her match as well, the matchmaker who meets her match. Um, but, yeah, no, it's a big company, fantastic costumes, marvellous sort of songs, obviously, all those great, great numbers. But um, but you can't beat it. You can't beat that moment when the head waiter stands there and he, he goes, oh, actually, he's German, isn't he? So he yes. goes, Eins, zwei, drei, and then... It's into that number, and down the staircase she comes, and, you know, it's one of those magic moments. Is it a fabulous costume? Is it a Danny LaRue costume? Well, I suppose Danny... (laughs) 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 Nobody... (laughs) No, because she's tiny. Danny was tall. Yeah. (laughs) And Danny did Hello, Dolly, as well. (laughs) He did do it, didn't he? Yes, he did. He followed on from... I mean, Dora Bryan's played it, and uh, it was Carol Channing, wasn't it, originally on Broadway, and... uh, and, Did it uh, hear and she did it. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Did it here. I and, think at and, the and, uh, theatre. Um, uh, what's it? Yeah, but da- Danny, Danny, Danny. I have to laugh because I mean, really, let's face it. It was really quite something for Danny Larue to play Dolly Levi. But I mean, yeah. in a way, it didn't really quite work. It was just fun, you yeah, know. And he made it he only did it for the costumes. We knew he could do the walking down the stairs bit. But you're right. The other bit, it was Dan all the way through. That's right. But Samantha right. Spyro, fantastic. Even a helicopter hovering overhead over Regent's Park didn't put her off. Fantastic. Absolutely. It's what we love. Nice to talk to you again, Roger. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, Steve. Take care.
Bye. Roger Foss. There's our man sitting in the cheap seats out at the open air theatre in uh, Regent's Park for Hello Dolly. Big thumbs up there. Big thumbs up as well for uh, for Hairspray and for Brian Connolly. It's good news, isn't it? Blimey, it's very rare on this programme. Two bits of good news in one programme. Can't be possible, can it? We've got another bit of good news very uh, shortly about a man who was a have-a-go hero. And the reason? Because we were taught to do it. This is LBC 97.3. OK, right. I learnt something, says Alex, about horses yesterday. I never knew before they're able to foresee the future. It turns out, 20 hours before you announced your selection, the horse knew what was going to happen and faked a limp. Really? Consequently, he was an on-runner. Oh, that's all right. So, uh, Royal Diamond, so he didn't lose anything. However, Alex got his third winner in five days, all with the same horse. Mm. Point of light, one at two to five, profit 80 pence, but as I said to you before... <laughs> It's not the amount, it's whether or not you've got something to jingle-jangle in your pocket. Well, it is, but I'd rather take a risk than bank 80p. I'm so pleased to hear you say that. It <laughs> gladdens the cockles of my heart. <laughs> so, Phil, I'll take a risk, you know. We'll find out in a moment. Uh, so, total loss for Alex, £22.27. You're in the red to £48.74. So I'm looking for something big and impressive from you today. Well, let's see what I can do. Well, 6.30 at Newcastle, he's off for B Menace. Win only. B-menace. B-E-A menace. OK. I'm going for the race before that, actually. Newcastle as well. First race there tonight. Six o'clock. Palantes Cross. Palantes Cross. I think that's how you say it. Sounds like somebody getting Starbucks, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> double Palantes for me. Easy on the milk. <laughs> I don't know what it could be something else. Palantes Cross. Yes. OK. Win only. Uh, yeah, I'm back to the win only today. OK. All right. Yeah. You tried each way. Well, didn't work. Well, it didn't work for you, did it? It might Not... do one day. You never know. In the future. <laughs> I don't might. think I've ever had an each way winner, have I? I know no, I've, I've only done each way about three times. Yeah, so. didn't we? We did get a little bit of money, didn't we? Although it wasn't, it wasn't really significant <laughs> enough to worry about. I've, I've lost track, and probably Alex will be able to tell us exactly when you had your last... Mm. Each way winner. If, if I've had one. Yeah. I'm not convinced. You don't think you have? No, I'm not sure. Oh, well, he, will, he will know. It's, on, it's logged on a computer. <laughs> we seem to go back decades with this. Back to Norman the Conqueror, practically. Anyway, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Yeah, see that. Thank you very much indeed. I'm looking forward to the uh, the video. I did have a word with your man with, with the video camera in the cheap seats. Oh, yes. And uh, he was giving nothing away at all. I think he's struggling with the, the technology of it. Is he? He was giving nothing away. I thought, <laughs> you know, being my bestest friend in the whole wide world, I thought he would at least be saying, here's a sneaky peek of the outtakes. But no nothing at all. No, I've trained him well. Have you? Did you offer money? <laughs> if only. <laughs> if only, exactly. He's, well, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Mm. Do you think it'll go on next week, or do you not um, sure? Hopefully, that is the plan. Yeah, right. Next week. Okay, excellent. Phil, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. I must mention, actually, that there is a, there is a new arrival. I shouldn't be telling you this, because I'm going to get into the most dreadful, dreadful trouble, but I'm going to have to... T I'm going to tell people. I don't care. I'm sorry. You know, call me Susan and slap the back of my legs, but I'm going to tell you that down at London Zoo the other day... They had two arrivals. Well, in fact, they happened a little while ago. Only a little while ago. They've had two, and, uh, and I've put the pictures up. They will not be available to you to see until 9.30 this morning. I'm probably not supposed to be telling you this at all. And I've now lost the blasted piece of paper, which doesn't help. What have I done with it? Ah, I can't believe I've lost these bits of paper. Here we go. They've got two lion cubs, born at London Zoo, the first time in ten years... Uh, they're going to make their public appearance in the outside paddock today. Ten-week-old male and female lions, first cubs to be born to the zoo's very own love cats, Abby and Lucifer. They've already got their uh, own personalities. They've played tug-of-war over food. There are less than 300 Asian lions in the wild, and they're classified as critically endangered. They've got two exclusive photographs. We'll be going live 
on YouTube at 9.30 this morning. So you better book your place on it. And it's www.youtube.com forward slash Steve Allen Show. Exclusive photos of these cubs, the rare Asian lions born at London Zoo. And they've been making their first public appearance in the outside paddock today. OK. But if you want to see them first, 9.30 this morning, the photos on youtube.com forward slash Steve Allen Show. OK. Exclusive pictures of these rare Asian lions at London Zoo. How lovely. I've already had a sneaky peek. It has to be said cute. It has to be said cute. Not as cute as the snow leopards that I held and that, that poor snow leopard who, was, uh, who sadly died because he had brain injury. But, I mean, absolutely... Go- I mean, they were like big bundles of fluff. Big bundles of fluff. And I know many, many hundreds of you went down to have a look at the, uh, the endangered cats down there and to see the, uh, the wonderful work that they do with them and their snow leopards at that place. And you have to get... If you want to know more about it, you need to go to YouTube and find out more because they were just wonderful. To hold a snow leopard... I mean, I thought it was never going to happen in my lifetime. In fact, I never thought it happened in anybody's lifetime, to be honest with you, but they've got loads. And, uh, and to play with them was just, just, just wonderful. So go and find uh, that out. So it's youtube.com forward slash Steve Allen Show. All right. Liz Jones is talking to Nick Ferrari. This is about the lady wearing the burqa uh, in the swimming pool. Oh, it's a, a, what do they call it? A, a burqarina or something? A burkini, that's right, a burkini. But it's not really, because it makes it sound like it's a bikini, and it's not a bikini at all. And I don't know what you call an all-in-one swimsuit. It looks like, to be honest with you, the Victorian swimsuits. A little bit, you know, when they used to have the mop caps and and things, because it was all covered up. It looks a little bit like that. Barbara says, read the jewellery heist. Could it be linked to the Russian ship that went missing in the English Channel? The heist is beginning to sound like a cervical cane or Bond film with latex masks disguising their faces. Well, I've seen latex masks because they've used them in the Rocky Horror Show. A tenuous link here because it reminds me that we're going to be talking about Rocky this coming Sunday in conversation. In conversation. Uh, because they used those those plastic masks in the early Rocky Horror Show when it was uh, playing at the King's Road Theatre. And we talk about that with the man behind the Rocky Horror Show. And that's this coming Saturday, Sunday, on LBC between 7 and 8. So I don't... I mean, I've looked at these masks. I don't think they're wearing masks at all. Mind you, they wouldn't have been let in if they were wearing proper masks, would they? Fascinating crime. Fascinating crime, says uh, Barbara. I totally agree. Totally agree with you. I mean, I'm fat. Forty-three million. Somebody will get. Somebody will get greedy and get caught out. That's it. Ray embarking. Side money. Ray says uh, Jacques Dutronc, et moi, et moi, et moi, and j'avais un tigre dans ma guitare. My French is absolutely appalling. I'm afraid. Yes, Steve. Yes, yes, yes. Patrick Jouvet. <laughs> we're, we're trying to remember long forgotten uh, French. Uh, French uh, stars, I'm afraid. Steve, the Cubs have been on GMTV News this morning, says Jan. I know. Of course, but we have our own photos, which were taken the other day, private viewing. Uh, another one here. Who has the pleasure of viewing conversation? Well, all I've just given the clue, Angela. It's uh, that lovely man from the Rocky Horror Show, who's going to be with us on Sunday. Richard O'Brien will be here, because he's got a new show at the Queen's Theatre. <laughs> Queen's Theatre. Uh, Paul says... You're quite right about the burqa thing. My best friend's sisters only have to dress modestly. It, well, I mean, it, it's, it's one of those arguments, isn't it, that can run either way, I think. Uh, Mark in Birmingham, that's the, that's the burkini. That's somebody modelling it. That's not the actual woman. She's in the papers today, the actual woman. It's a very odd outfit. It makes people look like they're about to appear in Spider-Man, doesn't it? It's Spider-Man, spider I used to love that. I thought if we could do that and swing between buildings, what a cool thing that would be to do. Um... 
I've been uh, watching Lee's bid shopping channels. However, I did watch the one with the Christmas cards, says Mark. I lasted five minutes. I know, yesterday they were doing something that sort of holds half your body in and pushes the top bits up a little bit. I think for women, a little bit difficult to tell. Uh, 84850, Tom in the Wickford. I've just spoken with Hugh. Oh, honestly, what are these people doing phoning up Hugh Brew? I've said you leave him alone. Goodness sake. But thank you very much indeed for that one. And uh, Richie on the Big Dipper says, My friend was at the fun fair in Blackpool that day and said the ride was off all day, but she didn't mind as it looked rickety. It's an old wooden one, isn't it? An old wooden roller coaster. In fact, I seem to remember, Richie, and I, I might be wrong, but if memory serves me, the roller coaster that was at Battersea Park, which was closed down because it had a fatal accident, was a wooden roller coaster. And the original roller coasters, and most of the ones I've seen before, um, once you get to the top, it, you're freewheeling. So that's why there's always the big drop, and then it just slowly winds down, slowly winds down. But the one at Battersea Funfair stayed on the rails because there were wooden things either side of it. And what happened was the wooden things gave way and it came off. And that's why. But Richie says, uh, as she was about to leave, it started up, so she and her friends went on it. They finished the ride, and as they walked out, it crashed. I mean, quite clearly, because it was then out for a few hours, and they put it back on again. You're right, it should... As far as I know, it was fully checked again, but quite clearly not, because one carriage stopped in the middle of the ride. I don't know how they stopped, but it just... Obviously, the brakes locked on. They've got electronic uh, air brakes, and it just goes... And it stops. Very similar to one trucks. Hugh Broom was trying to explain this to me the other day, and it went quite over my head because we were looking at a truck caught in a in a tunnel, and he said they can't move it because the air brakes are blocked. And then the other truck, which was coming behind on the roller coaster, smashed into the back of it. As for Claude Francois, I'm a big fan. Such catchy songs. However, the French Elvis, Johnny Halliday, I just didn't get. Pretty boring. Milaine Farmer. Now there's talent. One of France's biggest stars since the mid-80s and still going strong. Her live gigs are legendary spectaculars, says Richie. You have a good day as well. Hope your weather... I think our weather forecast is quite good today, isn't it? Doesn't look too... I'm doing a break. I'm doing a break. Certainly does. And this morning, Nick's going to be talking about Alan Duncan's comments that our politicians still don't understand the public's anger over expenses. Plus, you can now buy these paternity tests over the counter... Kind of makes the Jeremy Kyle show seem a bit redundant, doesn't it? And, and after the French woman, who we've spoken about all morning, was banned from a swimming pool for wearing her burka swimsuit, or burkini, as they're now calling it, Nick says, or we'll be asking the question, was she treated badly? So Nick will be here just after the news at seven, about ten minutes' time. Plus it's Clemency Burton-Hill, actress, journalist and violinist, it says here, uh, who's doing the... Is she a violinist as well? There's no end to people's talents now. Perhaps I should put down Steve Allen, broadcaster, <laughs> puppeteer, magician... Of all sorts of tap dancer, very good. One hot, one cold, usual sort of thing. Uh, and should the woman be banned? It's Liz Jones, the Daily Mail journalist. She spent a week wearing a burqa and felt like she was in prison. They're also going to be talking to Catherine Heseltine, a spokesperson from the Muslim Public Affairs Committee, a practicing Muslim and keen swimmer who always wears her burkini. I wouldn't mind wearing a bikini, actually. I'm not keen about showing my body, either. In fact, not so much I'm not keen about showing my body. It's like other people are not keen on me showing my body. Uh, so don't forget, check in 9.30 this morning, youtube.com forward slash Steve Allen Show to have a look at these uh, lovely pictures of these beautiful Asian lions which have been born at London Zoo. I did mention uh, some bloke who we need more of, as far as I'm concerned. His name is Amivi Kusei. OK, he's over here on a five-year visa... He's been given permission by the Home Office to stay for five years, due to start university in September. And he saw a man 
Mark Smith, grab a pensioner's handbag. A pensioner's handbag, I ask you. A pensioner. I mean, frankly, as, I'm, as far as I'm concerned, that's a hanging offence. You don't touch anything on a pensioner at all. Grabbed a handbag, sprinted down the street. Fearless Amivi saw him, sprinted after him, brought him down, and carted him off to his local church, and they kept him imprisoned in the local church. Unfortunately, Mr Smith, a nasty little boy, and always has been, uh got out of the church and made his getaway. However, the police knew him and they caught him and he's now been given five and a half years in prison, <laughs> which kind of gladdens your heart, doesn't it? Uh, it's only because he had previous convictions and this one as well. So that's good news. So well done to uh, Amivi. He said back home, he said, that's what we're... He said, I was brought up in Togo. If you hear someone call for help, you go to their aid. It doesn't matter if you know them or not. It is wrong to ignore them and walk away. God, we need more people like you, I tell you. Definitely more people like you. The staff at uh, Google Street View... Do you know, I saw a car the other day. I'm sure it was doing Google Maps. Because it was an ordinary car with these three cameras strapped to the roof. And I thought that was quite good, actually. I thought that was quite good. I don't have any objection. I know some people are going, it's an invasion of privacy. Burglars can see if we're in. I couldn't care less, actually. In fact, it'd be quite good if I did get burgled. Because, to be honest with you, I could do with clearing the sitting room, but I don't really want to do it by myself. It's better you get some help in, isn't it, I suppose. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Very, very quickly this morning. Francesca says, Sheila and B Devotion. Your show is making my mornings again. You see, you've only got to do a little bit of, of this sort of memory. I've got all this stuff. You'd be surprised. I mean, I'm... Oh, I can't tell you with some of the stuff I'm listening to at the moment. It doesn't matter. Um, Madonna and Robbie Williams are set to appear in the new series of The X Factor. Why? I've got no idea. And Brian Friedman also revealed that show boss Simon Cowell has hired Whitney Houston and umbrella singer Rihanna. Brella, Brella, Ella, Ella. I'm so bored with seeing that. So bored with that song. But uh, Robbie Williams on X to do what? That's not a hit single for years. I can't really class him as a singer. More sort of... I know he's old. Oh, oh, of course. Oh, God, how dumb am I? Got an album... An album to uh, to promote as well. Plus, last year's members included Westlife, Take That's Gary Barlow and Mark Owen, and R&B star Beyonce. There you go. Uh, I did mention earlier on Jack Tweed. I'll battle Jackie over the kids. These are not his children or, or Jackie's children. So I suggest Jack... I mean, if the story's true, butt out. It's not yours. Nothing to do with you. And a landlady has wept after she told... This features in many of the papers this morning... Uh, how a family of travellers were refusing to budge after trashing her million-pound home. The travellers have said no, and they've leant out the window and shouted various things at people. And um, this is John and Serena Connors, and their seven children who've moved into the five-bed detached home. Strangely enough, uh, the local council, Barnet, said uh, we had to house them, had to find a big enough house. They're in a million-pound house. The owner says they've abused the neighbours one side, they've been rude to the kids and all this kind of stuff. And uh, the police have warned as local crime has exploded. The trouble is, these travellers end up, you know, kind of ruining it for everybody else. I mean, travellers get a bad enough press as it is. I'm quite sure there's good and bad in everybody. Why people should be handed a house because they've got loads of kids, I've got no idea. They're quite capable of working. I mean, do you think if I went out there and fathered loads of kids, somebody would give me a big house in Totteridge? That'd be nice, wouldn't it? 2,400 a month rent. It's worth a lot more than that, but that's what they, uh, they get from the council. Kelvin McKenzie quite clearly, has missed the whole point of this one. He says, it's too complicated for me. First I thought they were having a fling, then I thought they weren't, and now I don't know what to think. If you weren't having a romance, why would you give your co-presenter a lift to the airport when you must suspect you were being photographed? This is Christine Bleakley and Adrian Childs. So, in other words, if you're Kelvin McKenzie, you quite clearly think that if you work with somebody, you're having a relationship with them. 
So, in other words, if at the end of this programme I stick around and I give Nick Ferrari a lift back to his luxurious mansion, we're quite clearly, according to Kevin McKenzie, having a fling. He fails to understand, I suppose, being a bit Neanderthal, that men and women can actually be friends without actually having a relationship. I mean, he is a bit of a dinosaur at times. Sometimes he speaks a lot of sense. Other times he's quite clearly off his trolley on a few sort of liqueur chocolates. Because just because you take somebody home doesn't mean you're having a fling with them. He says, I'll see you at the wedding. Listen, she's single. He's separated from Jane. And, and he goes, you need to go to the airport? I'll run his that. Why would you go to the expense of, you know, I'll, I'll take you to the airport. I'm not doing anything today. I would do that. That would be perfectly normal, wouldn't it? Makes perfect sense. Uh, he also talks uh, today about the, uh, the perfect Saturday. And, and also, he says, uh, I suggest you take your hiking boots instead of your driving licence if you're holidaying in Ibiza this year. Unbelievably, I've been told by Avis, there are no cars to hire on the island and no other operator has had any. Oh dear, going to Ibiza. It's <gasps> a bit naff, isn't it? A little bit naff. Uh, Elle McPherson wearing a frock. Victoria Beckham ready to give wannabes a grilling. Uh, unfortunately, she didn't. Uh, and people say she just wasn't very good at it. Very wooden. But that's uh, Vic's presentational skills. She's just she's not a, a natural presenter. Funniest picture ever in the paper today, which you have to uh, have a look at, which we mentioned earlier on. And um, and Russia's entire Atlantic fleet joined the hunt for the hijacked cargo ship. The other, it just vanished into thin air. It has just absolutely vanished. And two women pals were refused a campsite booking because of a same-sex ban. In other words, care workers, Angela and Emma, insisted they were not on a rowdy hen party, and a spokesman for Haven Holiday said, we do not accept parties of men or women for stag or hen parties. There's only two of them, and they weren't allowed. They weren't allowed, and you think, that's a bit sad, isn't it? I thought Haven Holidays would be grateful for any publicity they could get. Not bad publicity. The firm later admitted they were overzealous, and have now said they'd be happy. Well, I feel like turning around and saying, well, actually, we don't want to go now. Rather go somewhere else, I'm afraid. Uh, Pete... Andre, on the front of the Daily Star this morning. Funniest thing, though, as I say, is the OK magazine with poor Rachel Stevens' wedding exclusive and nobody famous. In fact, not one celebrity. Desperately waiting for a celebrity in the word any at all. Front of the Daily Mail this morning. More on uh, Tammy Flu, after Andrew Castle was talking about it yesterday on uh, LBC. And Alan Duncan's political career hanging in the balance. The Daily Express... Labour has created new lost generation of jobless youths. And Brad and Angelina, why they can't marry. And also all these people still looking for jobs. One person here, Amy Parfit, 21, made redundant from her £16,000 a year position. She's been for 50 jobs and she's not got one of them. And why time could be called on Guy Ritchie's London pub. Why? It's too blooming noisy as far as the neighbours are concerned. Don't forget to check out the podcast later on, lbc.co.uk, all the details on there. And if you take out a subscription, the more, the longer you take it out for, the cheaper it becomes. It can go as low as £2 a month, which is very good news. Check out the blog later on. Check out all the photographs on the LBC website, the fantastic competition to win flights on the London Eye. And if you go to youtube.com forward slash Steve Allen, then you can also see the pictures of those lovely Asian lion cubs, which we took yesterday at London Zoo. Nick's with you after the news, which is next on LBC. A Sky Plus HD movie moment. 